Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Uh. Yeah. Uh. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live, West Mitchell, Chris Clark, Transfer Portal rolling right along. Gamecocks National Signing Day right around the corner. Wednesday, believe it or not. I mean, last couple of weeks has just flown by as we've all had our attention on the transfer portal. But uh, coming up on Wednesday, around 17 future Gamecocks will uh, will lock in with South Carolina in terms of high school and junior college prospects. That number could give or take a little bit, but that's right around the number right now, 17 or so is what I would say. Again, this is GC Live. He's Chris. I'm Wes. Chris looks like he's doing math in the top of his head right now. Um, presented I'm by Clint doing, I'm doing some thinking, Wes. What did you figure out? What did you learn? I hadn't figured it out yet, but I'm definitely doing some thinking. Okay, don't don't hurt yourself. You you were deep in thought on, on that one. Um, ClintHammond.com, 803-771-6933. Don't think. Just call Clint if you're in the market for a new home. Interest rates, I don't, Chris, I don't know if you track this stuff, but they've been starting to inch down a little bit, I think, from what I've seen maybe. And so if you've been waiting – been thinking about buying a home. If you're ready to make the move, call Clint. He is a mortgage broker right here in Columbia. Office is right across from Dreher High School, but uh, he can help you no matter where you are in our great state of South Carolina. Again, lots of portal talk today. Talk a little high school recruiting. A couple more welcome homes go public over the weekend. Another outstanding welcome home that's out there. And just, you know, plenty to get to, man. It doesn't stop. It doesn't slow. 
and uh, National Signing Day has really snuck right up on us, it feels like. Well, that's the big one now, Wes. You know, we've been doing early signing day for, what, five, six cycles now, which is hard to believe. Uh, I still remember being at Josh Van's high school early in the morning, the very first early signing day in Atlanta, Tucker High. Uh, we're hanging out with Josh Van there. And um, that was the first year. And this it's really taken over, Wes. I mean, it's the main one. And, of course, add to that over the past couple few cycles, the proliferation of the transfer portal, especially with the free transfer. Now December is the big offseason for college football. It is the the uh, the month where you see the transactions happen, right? You see the high school guys signing, junior college additions. If, if schools have some, South Carolina will have one of those, obviously. And then the transfer portal. And it's made it dominant to where, man, I don't know, in February, late signing day, Maybe we'll have a couple things to monitor, a thing here or there, but we might not have anything to monitor because it looks like the hay is largely going to be in the barn for the high school class. And then a good chunk, actually, of the transfer signing class as well will be on board. Of course, there's another transfer window after spring football. Uh, but for the purposes of signing day, man, the December one is the big one. And then you add in, of course, all the transfer portal activity that we have been tracking. Yeah, I mean, dude, if if I am a if if I'm a high school coach, trainer, confidant, if I if I'm anybody helping a high school kid through this process, if you got an offer and, and somewhere you want to be, I am not waiting until February. And, and that that is maybe always been the case to an extent, but we do see a certain percentage of guys who are like, oh, nope, my recruitment's taking off right now. I'm just going to wait until February. But with the portal and teams saying, you know what? we, You know, the, the portal may have given a ton of power back to the college athlete, but it also gave some power to the schools compared to high school kids to where, you know what, they're going to say, Sorry, man. We probably just can't wait on you. We cannot not fill this need. So, I, you know, we we've seen most guys sign in the early signing period, but there's always a few that wait. I feel like we're going to see, just judging the room here, we're going to see less and less and less of that moving forward. At least with this current structure for how college football is, certainly seems like all of you know all of South Carolina's guys that are going to be in the class you know, we're going to go ahead and sign. And I mean, dude, I don't even know if there's, I don't even know if there's a guy that I've seen planning to wait until February that is still being recruited by South Carolina. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to go through the same thing in my head. That was actually not what I was thinking about at the beginning of the show, Wes, but I was just thinking about it. I can't think of one. Um, and it seems like we, we would have to go back and kind of, remind ourselves because these things man they're so chaotic that every year you and i'll be thinking back to a previous signing day i'll oh, remember that remember when that happened you know, oh yeah i do remember that but right now you can go back and think of it seems like most cycles most of the signees most of the guys that you're tracking are either are signing in december 
or you're like tracking an announcement, but it does seem like there's been a couple you say, Hey, that, that one will probably go to February. Can't think of it this time, you know, because the main public guy that we know that we've been tracking publicly for South Carolina is DeBron Gatling, the high school wide receiver from Milton high school, Alpharetta, Georgia. He's going to be a December guy too. Wes, I think you and I have been kind of tag teaming going up and down the commitment list. All the guys that we expect to sign with South Carolina haven't heard of any of them waiting. And in fact, a, a big, big chunk of the class is actually going to be an early enrollee as well. And so that, that factors into all this. So I'm just sitting here going, Hey, maybe they get in on a guy late. That's a high school player that they kind of keep an eye on. And maybe there's a chance for a late signee. But really, South Carolina's strategy has been go out, get as many guys as, as as you can signed that are priorities from the high school ranks, from junior college, and then go out and hit the transfer portal. And again, we know most of that activity is also going to take place this month here in December. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I, I think a lot of teams may you maybe we'll see almost like a reset after Wednesday. Maybe you sit there and say, "All right, we feel this need, this need, this need." Maybe there's a couple of new portal offers that go out. Maybe there's still some high school guys that it, it kind of resets for, but for the most part, I don't know, man. It's probably it for high school guys. I, I would certainly, it, again, if I'm a parent, if I'm a coach, I'm telling my guy, take what you got. If you got a scholarship, let's lock that thing in and take it. Uh, speaking of scholarship, South Carolina adding a couple of guys to the roster over the weekend and – you know, I would say both these guys, based on our reporting and, and you know, with, with Gerald Kilgore, probably fairly obvious there, even going back to the weekend prior, some leans to South Carolina that make it official. Brady Hunt committing to South Carolina on Saturday, going public on Sunday. Big kid, 6'6", 249. I, you know, that, that was what he was listed at at Ball State. I actually asked him, Chris. He said he measured in um, just about that exactly at South Carolina on his visit as well. So. Um, fairly up-to-date listing there as far as his measurables. And, you know, this is a this is a pickup, Chris. It's not going to gain the headlines of a Rocket Sanders or, you know, if you went out and got a quarterback or, you know, a big-time receiver. But partially that's just because it's a tight end. But I, I think you can go ahead and probably pencil Brady Hunt in to, to being somebody who could be in the rotation at that position next year. I think so, man. And I, I know I've said this before, but probably worth restating. It reminds me kind of of the Nate Adkins situation when South Carolina took him in 2022. Because remember, a lot of the talk that offseason was, man, like, remember South Carolina was tight on numbers at that point. And so it was kind of the last spot going to Nate Adkins. People were going, wait a minute, like, why, why a tight end? Um, because at that time you had, uh, you'll probably have to help me, Wes, make sure. You had Trey Kenyon. You had Jaheim Bell, right? You had you had some guys in that tight end room who were who were good players. But South Carolina decided, hey, we like Nate Atkins. We like what he can bring to this team. We like the skill set that he has. And so they bring him in, and he ended up, obviously, as we know, the rest is history. He ended up being an integral part of this team, particularly – you know, the back half of that season when South Carolina scored a couple really big wins. And West, shoot, may have won 
the bowl game against Notre Dame had he not gone down in that contest based on what he was how he was performing early in that game now on an NFL roster right you look at the tight end room this year and you may have a similar thought we, we know you lose Trey Knox but you've got Josh Simon coming back you took a heavy tight end class to flip that room after you lost everybody after the 22 season so you not only have Josh Simon, but you got Nick Elksness, who you previously brought in as a transfer. And you have several guys who were freshmen last year, Connor Cox, Reed Bikeska, Cam Sandlin. So you got some numbers there. But here, here's what you get with Brady Hunt, a guy who's proven, who's got size, who can be a, a dual threat, I think you could say, at tight end, and that he's going to be able to block and catch the ball for you, especially downfield as a tight end. And you got to keep in mind, Wes, these are the body types that can play a lot of special teams for you. And it's not like behind Simon that South Carolina is super proven. You've basically got Simon. You've got Connor Cox, who did play a decent amount this past season. And then you've got some guys that have redshirted. And so you can kind of see if you go, if you start going through the room in that manner, you can see why South Carolina decided to add Brady Hunt. And then, of course, you're going to add Michael Smith from the high school ranks to that equation, too. You go into this season feeling probably pretty good about this tight end room again. Yeah, Michael Smith, man, that's a guy that just quietly is way, way, way up there in the rankings. And, yep. uh, you know, I said this on the radio show today. He he likes to remind people that, hey, I'm, I'm a blocker, too. Like, he is, he is willing to get in there, get his hands dirty, be a blocker. And you know, be physical. But if you look at the you look at the film, you look at the ability here. The thing that makes Michael Smith potentially special is just the ball skills, the ability to run, the ability to catch the football down the field, as opposed to just being a tight end who can uh, you know make catches down near the line of scrimmage. And so uh, that was one thing Will Helms actually mentioned with Brady Hunt that uh, you know he has a a knack at least the the analytics show for catching the football down the field as well. So I, I think you've added some guys to that room. You know, you have to replace Trey Knox, but some guys that can step right in there and, and help quite a bit. We'll see. I think with freshmen, you know, the more you watch, the more it's like, especially this early, We I can tell you who the guys are that look like they have the ability to play early, but you just never really know. This time last year, I wouldn't have been telling you Judge Collier was going to play more at corner, you know, than any other freshman cornerback. And yep. so, you know, that that one didn't play out like you would maybe think. You you maybe could have circled a Jalen Kilgore and said, oh, that guy's got a chance to play quite a bit. But, you know, maybe not to the extent that it actually did. And obviously at the beginning, injuries played a big part in that. So it, it is hard to predict. But I, I do think Michael Smith will have – he'll have to beat out some guys in front of him to play. But – if you look at that spot, you do have to, I think, feel pretty good about it. And they've done a good job of supplementing with the portal. And they flipped the room completely last year. But, Chris, they flipped it and they didn't stop. Remember, they weren't, they didn't just say, ah, we feel pretty good. They kept adding people. We had a question about Cam Sandlin. You know, Cam, yeah, Cam did play some running back in practice. But then, you know, I, I think last we heard he had uh, slid back to tight end. So, you know, he's in that room. There's going to be, there's going to be, I think, a fight for, for PT once you sort of get past a, a Josh Simon. But that's absolutely a, a good thing, I, I think, for South Carolina. And so speaking of Kilgore, Gerald Kilgore, 
the other public welcome home at this point. Commitment at South Carolina. I wanted to go through the process a little bit, Chris, but I, I think my thought was the only way Gerald Kilgore was not going to end up at South Carolina was going to be if he like went to West Virginia and just fell in love with it and yeah. just decided, you know what? I just want to do something different than my brother. Like we see that every now and then, maybe not even every now and then. We see that from time to time where you might as a fan be saying, Hey, we got one brother. Let's get the other. And the one of them would just say, I kind of want to take my own path. Well, in this case, the Kilgores seem to be a pretty tight knit family. And now you're going to have both Kilgores under one roof at South Carolina. Yeah. A, a, a family reunion of sorts, Wes. And, um, Couple good players, man, who just look at Jalen Kilgore. He did everything in high school, but I think punt team. I mean, he was a returner. He ran the ball. He played receiver. He played defense. He, he really never came off the field. And he parlayed that into, you know, a nice ranking, a nice offer list, and kind of quietly, but got to South Carolina, played earlier than expected, and had a really, really good freshman campaign, Wes. His brother, a lot more under the radar, right? High school quarterback, had not played defensive back, and really kind of exploded the back half of last season, Wes. This is something you pointed out. I think he played in nine games, but his snaps really, really went up in the last four to five games of the season. Earlier in the year, last season, he was playing – you know, 15, 16 snaps into the year, he's playing starter snaps. And if you go look at his PFF metrics, if you go look at his statistics, he filled the stat sheet up pretty well, Wes. Um, had a lot of what PFF calls stops, which is basically, I think I like how you put it earlier, the opposite of offensive success rate. It's basically if a defender makes a tackle that just makes the defense, makes the offense totally fail. I think he had 17 of those last year. Contrast that with Jalen Kilgore, who had a really good freshman year. He had 19, and he played probably twice as many snaps as Gerald did. So this is a guy that quietly uh, comes from a small school, played well at the end of last year, and I think still has a lot of room to grow as a nickel or safety type. Yeah, man, and again, not not a portal get that's going to just make the headlines, I think, like a Rocket Sanders will. But I, I think with the portal, you also are trying to use it to – Go get guys that make sense. Go get guys that fit and, and go get guys that can maybe kind of help you fill out your roster and your depth chart. And Kilgore is someone going to play some nickel, could play some safety. Basically, you know, within South Carolina's defense, they cross-train those three spots, but they are three different positions. Like nickel, you have a free safety, you have a strong safety. They're three different spots. And so when, when Kilgore was on his OV, that was the talk. You're a safety nickel, but we want you to come in, learn all of them, be a potential factor at all of them. I think he's somebody who could get up on special teams as well and just has the right mindset. I think if you look, if he's anything like his brother in terms of work ethic and going about it, you know, himself the right way, all those different things that you look for in a teammate, then, you know, that to me, that's an easy yes to add another Kilgore to the roster. And I, Chris, I I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to get a look at him in person. Intrigued to, 
see what his game is like, see how he matches up athletically. Because you're not a region player of the year in football and baseball. I know we're talking about high school to college, but you're not both of those things. If you don't have some athleticism about you, some competitive nature about you, um, you know, you may, we, South Carolina may quietly be getting an alpha type um, that fans just aren't quite even aware of yet. So I, I'll be curious when spring hits to get just get a look at how he matches up now being on the same field with some SEC athletes. Yeah, for sure. And I think, Wes, this one is flying under the radar right now and probably would be flying under the radar even more if he was Gerald Clark, Gerald Mitchell. You know, the fact that he's at Kilgore, people are like, all right, I like what Jalen did. They're obviously not the same person, but both DBs, both Kilgore, right? And so I think that's put a little bit more attention on it, but still it's going to fly under the radar much more than, say, Rocket Sanders, right? Because Rocket Sanders, SEC guy at Arkansas, South Carolina fans have seen him, including against South Carolina. They've seen what he can do during that 1,400-yard season. He was a big name in high school recruiting as a former four-star. Gerald Kilgore, none of those things, right? But if you actually dive into him, you can kind of see, hey, there's a reason that South Carolina wanted to get this guy. I think he's going to fit a need. He could factor in probably earlier than we all anticipated uh, or maybe would anticipate on the surface. And I think, Wes, special teams is a place where this guy can can probably really shine. Yeah, for sure, man. So we'll, uh, of course, get a good look at him in the spring and see if he can keep making that that push. And uh, former quarterback, uh, both, both these guys are former quarterbacks who transitioned to another position in college, which – I think that means there there's some upside to go for uh, you know for both these guys, and we'll see if South Carolina can sort of pull it out of them as they continue to develop moving forward. Portal class overall, Chris. Last I checked, it is a top five portal class. I will update that for everybody here in a moment, but certainly, I would say Chris having a good bit more success as South Carolina in the portal this year than last year and yeah num- number four in the own three transfer portal index which actually man it's kind of fascinating they they tried to find a way to sort of compare production coming into your school versus leaving your school is how own three did it again right now south Carolina fourth now to be completely fair, there's a big gap between three and four. So it's kind of one, two, three are fairly close. Louisville, Colorado, and Ole Miss, which I, I think that I think that matches the eye test, right? Like that feels like – this feels like the teams that are doing very well in the portal, right? Um, Louisville, Colorado, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Washington five, Kentucky six. Syracuse, dude, Syracuse is quietly doing some work out there right Brand now. Brown. Credit to Syracuse, man. Syracuse, man, they are killing it. Texas Tech, Boston College, how about them? And then NC State, those are some schools 
that are doing well for themselves in the new NIL slash portal era right now. All right, and that, that was going to be my next thought, Wes. You know, you look at a, at least two of those top three, and we know that they have been, you know, to be quite frank, a couple of the biggest spenders in the NIL transfer in the in, in the NIL space. Colorado, Deion Sanders said, not going to buy a roster or something similar to that. We know with some of the guys that they've acquired, and it's the reality of the transfer portal, you have to be equipped from an NIL standpoint. So I think the proof's more in the pudding than what he said in a press conference, and I'm not begrudging it, right? Um, South Carolina has gotten a whole heck of a lot better on the NIL front as compared to, say, last year. And so you've seen them be able to do some really good work, West, not only in the transfer portal realm, but you look at the high school class, you have to be able to point to those opportunities to high school kids too. And then current roster retention. Just about every single school, Wes. No, let, let's not say just about. Every school has been hit this offseason by the transfer portal. Good players. Even Georgia, right? Like Georgia was a school that I think we all looked at as kind of the gold standard, right? They don't have guys leave very often and even Georgia we've seen with some defections of not just some players where you go yeah that guy didn't really play much you've seen them lose some guys off their roster that have legitimately factored in uh, during their time in Athens so I think we're all seeing more and more evidence you know of this of this new era that we're in yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, 24-7, their order is Ole Miss, Colorado, Louisville, Arizona State, TCU, South Carolina. So Gamecock 6th over there. And, yeah, NIL is going to be a factor in that. I I don't know if you can have success in the portal right now without an NIL factor. Like, I, I just I, – I really don't. Like, you, you're going to have to do some – I mean, I, I don't know what kind of voodoo you got to do. At this point, like it's going to have to be very resourceful, right? Like you're yeah. not going to have a high, a great portal class. Maybe if you're like the best in the world at evaluating, you might look back and be like, oh, that team didn't do much with NIL, but they ended up with a good class. But on paper, nah, man, you're just not going to be able to do it, I think. And that's just the reality of the college football world right now. So, um, Wes, I've got something for you real quick. Sorry to interrupt whatever your next thought was going to be. No, please. I just thought of this off the top of my head. All right. We, is it, it's fair to say this year's portal class for South Carolina is better than last year's, right? We're, we're going, yeah. I mean, that, that's not even, I just want to make sure we had that established. 2022 versus 24. Is, Where are is you, now 24? Right now it's 24. Yep, I'm looping that in. I, I'm including, hey, you got the, we're in the 2024 high school cycle, so I'm, I'm taking the transfers that South Carolina have for next year. They're in the 24 class. More interesting comparison. In 2022, that cycle was a little bit more before NIL was a huge, huge transfer portal factor. It had just gone live the previous summer, right? But the 2022 class had 
They had some volume in there. Spencer Rattler, Austin Stogner, CBS, Devonnie Reed, Juice Wells. Dante Miller was a walk-on. Gibbs was a walk-on. Lavoisier Carroll, Terrell Dawkins, Corey Rucker, and Nate Atkins. Pretty good group. Some stars in there. Also some guys that didn't do as much as we probably anticipated. Right? I mean, you had Corey Rucker didn't end up finishing out his career. CBS had some injuries. Lavoisier Carroll obviously had to give up the game. That was a pretty good class, though, when you kind of look back on it. Well, I did. I I think just on Spencer, Juice, and Nate along. Yeah. It was a pretty good class on on those three guys. Like, you look at what they did. CBS would have done more if not hurt, I I think. Mm -hmm. And Corey Rucker, I mean, it just, I think he was dealing with some personal stuff and and wanted to get back somewhere he was more comfortable. But talent wise, I mean, South Carolina would probably love to have Corey Rucker on the roster right now, uh, projecting him to next year. So, yeah, that, that was. That was a good class, man. NIL was a thing, but NIL was not driving the entire portal bus yet at that point, I think. So, yeah, man. it's good. This class, we'll see what, what happens. But I still think it's got to be a pretty darn good class on paper just to replace what those guys gave you. So, And, and obviously incomplete class, you know. They're going to be some more pieces, um, you know, transfer portal quarterback. It's not going to be Spencer Rattler, you know, but that's not an apples-to-apples comparison. It's not what you're going for, per se, this year. But you're you're looking to add a quarterback. You might add another offensive lineman. You might add another edge. Um, and then you you need a couple receivers, right? And, and that's generally – there could be some other – things pop up here or there uh, between now and, you know, next season, the spring, you know, portal window. But that's kind of what you're looking at. So incomplete right now, but off to off to a good start, obviously, with hitting some needs in this portal class. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, by the way, speaking of needs, if um, if you have a need for – actually, because I'm thinking maybe some good creative Christmas presents – Mm-hmm. Me and me and my wife, we uh, we like to go to concerts. Uh, maybe concert tickets, maybe future South Carolina sporting event tickets. Uh, maybe they're sold out already. Our friends at Game Time and the Game Time app, they can take care of that for you. Go to GameTime.co or again, just download the Game Time app. And for a limited time only, all you got to do is go on there, go to this little redeem code area. Type in Gamecocks. You're going to get $20 off your first order on here. And um, it's like just about every other ticket app you can find and that you just type in what you're looking for, and it's going to pop up. And the beauty of this one is that they are absolutely just dedicated to trying to save you money. You have these flash deals that will pop up and give you automatic savings. And most importantly, they got the game time guarantee, Chris. That means if you order something right now off the app, you order a ticket, and then later on, you find the same ticket in the same section for cheaper, they're going to refund you 110% of what you paid on the Game Time app. So that is the Game Time Guarantee. Check them out. Game Time app, gametime.co. Appreciate their support of our show 
here on GC Live as well as several other own three shows around the network. Um, we got a lot of people, Chris, talking wide receiver in the chat. Oh, yeah. It is a heated conversation. The the uh, the summary of the conversation is: Does South Carolina need what, in NFL terms, you would kind of say a wide receiver one? Mm-hmm. And do you have to go get that guy, or does that guy emerge? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. If you don't get the, if you don't find that guy right on paper then yes, you're going to do everything in your power to try to have that guy emerge. But is it the best case scenario that you go out and find that guy? I I say absolutely, because you're you're still playing other teams, right? So, like, I, I don't think I quite under... What I'm trying to say is every team can't just say, well, I'm sure a guy will pop up. Like, there's a reason why you say, oh, that receiving core is better than Team A's receiving core is better than Team D's receiving core. Mm-hmm. So if if every team's not going to go into the year and just be like, oh, somebody will pop up, somebody will step up. So it, it is true over the years, for the most part, South Carolina has almost always had a guy step into the role. And and sometimes, just statistically, somebody's got to catch the most passes, right? So, I don't want to say you're by default the number one, but if there's a quote number two and you never sort of have a number one, the number two becomes the number one statistically because somebody has to lead the team in receiving. So, mm-hmm. Leggett, this past year, he was a situation – where he took what was ahead of him and ran with it. Like, he absolutely stepped up, became an alpha. The year before, Juice Wells, even though we thought Josh Van, who was the returning leading receiver, you thought he was going to be the number one, Juice steps over, steps up, takes over as number one. So, yes, if South Carolina is not able to get a true on-paper number one, you hope, I mean – you hope it's a Nick Harper, you know? You hope that a Jared Brown is as good as you think he is, if not a step even more than that. And, you know, you hope some of these other guys, uh, Tyshawn Russell, Kelton Henderson, Elijah Caldwell, you hope they can take steps. Um, you know, you hope your freshmen coming in, Mazio Bennett are, are ready to play. But do you also, at least on paper, want to find a way to – give yourself the best chance as physically possible for that to yep. happen. Oh, Ole Miss is loaded at receiver. They still went out and got Juice Wells. So yep. those are the people you're going against. Those are the people you're having to try to defeat with this schedule. So you you could get by if you have to. But on paper, do you, do you need at least another threat? E- even if you're going – the hey, we're wide receiver by committee. We're going to just spread the ball around, and they're all going to be threats. To me, you yes. still need at least another guy or two. 
Yeah, there's a difference between having a leading receiver and having a, a wide receiver one type, you know, like like a guy. And look, man, if you you can wind the clock back, we have the the benefit of knowing what Xavier Leggett did last year. And it was awesome, but that was the first year he had done it, right? So if South Carolina knew going into the season, if the, let's say they didn't know, rather, that Xavier Leggett was going to do that, but they did know Juice Wells was going to be out, they'd probably be really worried, you know? And obviously there were times during the season that even though you had Xavier Leggett be the alpha that he was, you still can look and see, hey, they kind of, didn't really have that number two type because you look back at it and you say they could have had XL and Juice Wells. You look back at the 2022 season, they had Juice and they had several other guys. They kind of had basically almost five starters at receiver last year. Um, and you didn't have either of those things. So you want to take it from having a guy that, like I agree with what everybody said, typically – South Carolina has had a guy that stepped up even when there's been some questions, right? Like 2020 is a good example. You, you had you had lost Brian Edwards. So the whole deal was, well, can Shai Smith step up and be number one? And he was. Now, you st- that still wasn't a very good team, you know? It, the most extreme example was, do you know how many passes Farrow Cooper caught in 2013? Care to guess? He caught three passes. He mostly ran the ball in oh, 2013. But then 2014 and 15 or when he – then he caught 20, like 70 the next year? 2014. So, literally, he goes from three catches to 69 catches for 1,136 yards. So – I mean, yeah, his first season, 2013, he rushed the ball 20 times and he caught three balls. That was it. Exploded the next year. Obviously, he ended up being an NFL player. Shai Smith ended up being an NFL player. Xavier Leggett is going to be an NFL player. And so, are there guys on the roster that are capable of doing more than what they've done? Absolutely. And they'll get more chances and and they'll, they'll generally, more chances you get, more opportunities, more plays you're going to make. But this, Wes, is probably, I got to say, this is probably the most worried that you've been because um, you don't feel like, aside from Nick Carber, that's probably the biggest high upside guy you've got. He's still going to be in like his second year playing receiver, right? Xavier Leggett, mm-hmm. he took five years, you know? And so it, if you can help it at all, you definitely want to go out and add more so you're not making this such a question going into the season. You want to develop the guys already on the roster and add to it, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure, man. So we get we got a lot of questions about LT Overton. And I, I do I mean, this is one of those situations I think where people see a hey, former five star and their eyes get kind of big, you know, about Overton. It, it's still been, frankly, I would say relatively quiet on the Overton front, that, that was something I was told about even the visit. You know, there there were overall good vibes. That was two weekends ago. Overall good vibes about everybody that was on campus that weekend. And that, for the most part, actually proved to be very true. Well, with Overton, just, uh, I, I think, just kind of a little bit more reserved. And so, 
a lot of information has not come out. We do know they visited Alabama this past weekend. There's been some – hadn't there been a little bit of FSU talk online, Chris, for Overton? A yep. little bit, a little bit. Not, not sure yet how, you know, how that factors in. I will say this, kind of – this is more from the Alabama end. You don't really get the impression that he is a stone-cold lock to Alabama. Like, you know, yep. I, I think that was the thing. Oh, he is taking that visit. Okay, is Alabama pushing? Do you start to see reports where Alabama thinks they're definitely getting him? It does not seem like that has happened, which for South Carolina, if you're a Gamecock fan, hoping Carolina gets Overton, you know, that that's a good sign. That's a good thing. I, you know, now I, I think South Carolina has done a good job of hitting on some of their other needs on the defensive line. Whether you see LT as an inside or outside guy, either way, you got a Kyle Kennard. You got a DeAndre Jules. You brought back a bunch of guys from last year. So Overton has become a little bit more of um, kind of an additional cherry on top potentially for this D-line class. Right now, I do think he's at least still in play. Yeah, very much seems in play. And, um, you know, Gamecock's got Kyle Kennard committed, which was – a really good get for them. You've got Dylan Stewart committed as a freshman, West. which, man, imagine the excitement. Like, Dylan Stewart, by the way, kind of falls in that Josiah Thompson category where if this if it was 48 hours, less than 48 hours to signing day, and we were tracking Dylan Stewart as a potential get for South Carolina, like, that would be all the chat comments. That That's all it would be is, is are we going to get Dylan Stewart? He's committed. Everything seems pretty locked in with that from what I've heard. Um, so you've got some pieces there at defensive end, but Overton's a guy that <laughs> obviously has a lot of talent, has a lot of athleticism, Wes. It's just still kind of up in the air. I did some checking on it before we came on the show. Still no resolution, probably going to be Alabama or South Carolina. Nobody seems to know for sure just yet. Hey, before we move it forward a little bit, Chris, Let's talk about our friends at Liberty Tax. Overcome your tax ID, 803-462-5576. Tax time right around the corner, but Chris, man, do you have any tax ID at all? I have no tax ID at all. What I do have is a, a, a voice that's on the verge of being lost, Wes, which is not great for a podcast. So y'all bear with me. But yeah, Larry and the team at Liberty Tax, they have met with me. They've met with my wife. Uh, we've been in communication a lot with Larry over the course of this year, setting the course for our taxes for 2024. We feel great because we have a plan. Absolutely no tax anxiety. We know exactly where we are going with our taxes and have a great plan in place. He's seen it all, Wes. He's been at it for a long time in the tax game and uh, has some great stories, has some phenomenal insight. Highly recommend Talk to Larry and his team at Liberty Tax. A couple locations out in Irmo. Give them a call there, 803-462-5576. Shout out to Larry. Appreciate him. Now uh, now actually a long-term sponsor of the show. Actually emailed Larry today and told him Merry Christmas and uh, waiting to hear back. But hopefully looking like we're going to have Larry on for a good, a good time longer. So that'll be good as well. Uh, shout out to him as always. And so, Chris, seems like this has kind of been the commitment window for the guys who were taking visits during this little sort of 
time period between where you could take visits and now a dead period coming up and uh, you're seeing some Gamecocks pick their new schools. I saw uh, John Darius Morgan going to UAB, going back home. Uh, DeAndre Martin, I think last week, committed to Charlotte. And, you know, we all know Mitch Jeter, Notre Dame. And then, of course, Sunday you have Mario Anderson to Memphis, Juice Wells to Ole Miss. The Juice one kind of circled around a little bit. There was the Texas talk. There was the Tennessee talk. You had the Lane Kiffin is in Columbia chatter and and online sort of drama. Then even for a moment, it looked like it it maybe wasn't going to be Ole Miss, but Ole Miss circles back. Juice, uh, who actually is graduating from South Carolina today, officially commits to Ole Miss on Sunday, which means the Gamecocks will face him in Williams-Price Stadium next season. That'll be fascinating, won't it, Wes? Ole Miss, um, they they are they are cleaning up and trolling at the same time. Um, of course, Lane Kiffin trolling. He he tweeted out the other day, Wes, a picture of a University of Tennessee uh, logoed plane with a Ruby Tuesday in the background, which cracked me up. They also got uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher the name, Decamarian Richardson committed today who played for Mississippi state last year. So they they don't care. They're just going after everybody. It doesn't even matter. Uh, but yeah, that that'll be fascinating. And Oct- October 5th, I believe Wes Ole Miss comes to Williams Bryce stadium. will be uh, probably for Ole Miss, the best portal class in the country to add to an already good team. And Wes probably, uh, we were talking about this earlier, man, probably a team that's going to be, I would think, very, very high up there in the preseason rankings and have a lot of buzz because of the team they have and, and what they've added to it as well. Uh, Mitch Jeter, actually, this is a while back, Wes. We probably already covered this. Mitch Jeter going to Notre Dame. That's another one. So if you kind of look at at some of the – a lot of the guys that transferred from South Carolina fell into that healthy transfer category that you've got. But the ones that I think have probably drawn the most offseason conversation are, of course, are of course Juice. Ole Miss, Mitch Jeter, Notre Dame, and then Mario Anderson to Memphis. Yeah, and yeah, that that last one, Mario Anderson to Memphis, is definitely has definitely caught a lot of attention. I would say, yes. and yes. I I do think important important to point out too. Like I've seen I've seen a take online, of course, where it's like. Hey, why would you go from South Carolina <laughs> to Memphis? And I, I think it's also important to point out he he didn't necessarily like the the order and the timing of this matters. You know, like if you had told if you it's not like he went straight from South Carolina to Memphis in terms of I. I knew that was going to be my option, and then I picked Memphis. You know, Southern Cal, Oklahoma were two schools that were heavily mentioned here and, you know, probably just filled up. So I think it's it's not like he just chose Memphis over South Carolina. It's that he chose to test the portal, possibly based on advice from others. And... Now that that's sort of just 
where he ended up. Yeah. I, and um, I'm, I'm not going to pretend, Wes, because I'd be annoyed if somebody else tried to do it. I'm not going to pretend to say he's definitely regretting it. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know the ins and outs. Um, you can look at it on the surface. Yeah, you can look at it on the surface and, and speculate. And if I were speculating, I would I would definitely have an opinion. But uh, I, I do hope, man, seriously, Mario, I mean, he's an SC kid, played here at South for a year. And I, I do hope that he, uh, you know, just had a child. Congrats on that. And so I do hope he finds a great situation out there at Memphis for sure. Um, and, and best of luck to him in the future for sure. Yeah, and I, I do. I mean, dude, I, I hope there is some NIL support for him there because, like you said, he, he did just have a kid. Literally, I guess that was on Saturday night or Sunday morning. I know he posted it over the weekend. And, um, you know, he, he's he been he's been nothing but great to us. I know we, we got interviews with him right after he committed to South Carolina initially. I did a Garnet Trust Hour with him. And... Um, I, I do. I mean, frankly, I I don't think it was the decision in his best interest. Um, I don't think I've said that publicly. I I kind of was like, well, hey, let's wait and see if he pops up at Southern Cal or Oklahoma. May, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. But mm-hmm. um, that was not what happened. And you know, I I do think the the fact that he could have been supported in this state. Uh, for well past his time at South Carolina, um, it is a factor in this, but uh, or should have been a considered factor in this. Yep. But um, uh, again, I'm with you, man. I, I really, I truly hope it works out there um, because I do think he he got some bad advice along the way. But that's just our opinion. So maybe maybe we're dead wrong. Um, but uh, and certainly. You know what? Hopefully, honestly, I know some people will completely disagree with this, Chris, but maybe there are businesses that still support Mario to an extent in the state just because he does have a kid on the way. And he did bail South Carolina out this past season. Let's not forget that. Um, I I know some people will say, well, you know, he's gone. He picked somewhere else. So be it. But um, there is also something to be said for kind of being the bigger person about it and realizing he, uh, I think, got caught up in, um, you know, a decision. And, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. And somebody did ask, did Mario have an opportunity to come back to South Carolina? Uh, if you're talking about, like, from the end of last season, like, would he have been wel- welcomed back to South Carolina? A- absolutely. A hundred percent. And. Chris, would, would South Carolina have taken transfer portal running backs anyway? Yes. Yes. Would they have taken as many as they did with Mario Anderson coming back? I would say probably not. I, I tend to think Oscar Attaway essentially took Mario's spot at South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. You probably would have still seen two transfer backs, Wes. And if if the question is, could he have come back once he entered the portal? You know, it's kind of a complex question. And from 
kind of following the story behind the scenes? Um, the answer is probably yes under the right circumstances, but eventually it just got to the and point. depending on pretty, timing? Depending on timing and circumstances. And eventually it just got to a point where it became evident that that, that was not going to happen. Yeah, and I, I just – the reason I answered that the way I did for like – I feel like there's been this idea floated out there that like, oh, South Carolina was going to reshape the running back room anyway, so they basically – didn't want Mario back or they encouraged him to no. Uh, initially that was not the case at all. Now what I think once he hit the portal, South Carolina at that point, they're saying, Hey, we got to go sign running backs. It, it is what it is at this point. So I tend to think, and you can't see the future. I tend to think they would have still, I know they were still taking rocket. I think they probably still would have been able to, and probably would have taken Jawarn Howell as kind of that younger guy still with eligibility left. So that's why I sort of felt like Attaway pretty much took his slot because Attaway also an older guy, experienced guy, and ha- also has experience kind of being uh, in our platoon, uh, you know, a one-two back situation as opposed to necessarily wanting to come in and just be the guy. So anyway, it's you know it's interesting how those two situations turned out. Juice, I tend to think, Chris, when Gamecock fans kind of take their garnet glasses off, Juice will go to Ole Miss and do quite well, I think. Like, he will catch a lot of passes. He will uh, he'll have success, probably get drafted highly. And, um, you know, he's still at a, a position that has more value. I think if you're a running back, especially if you're an in-state guy, if you're a running back, you better be careful making portal decisions. Yeah, you, you do. You do. And, um, you know, it's just – it's fascinating now, Wes, thinking thinking through this. You know, we started hearing when the transfer portal and the one-time transfer came up, when the transfer portal kind of really came about and started being a factor in college football, we started hearing from people in the recruiting world, hey, I mean, you really got to do a good job of – keeping relationships now because you never know. And um, you look at some of the guys that South Carolina has recruited, some of them are just kind of like there's not a connection. You just go out and you see a guy on film and you go out and you try to get him. But a lot of times there is a past connection, you know, family connection, somebody you recruited, somebody that a coach worked with at a previous school recruited a guy and you knew of him. I mean, there's all sorts of connections there. LT Overton's one, right? I mean, LT Overton – uh, used to play at the high school of current staffer Jody Wright's brother. You know, I mean, you got all sorts of stuff like that. And so keeping good relationships with guys now um, is kind of it's, – it's a big part of it. And so when guys go elsewhere in recruiting, you never know. You might you might see them down the road. For sure, man. Um, all right, cool. That – that kind of wraps it up, I think. Uh, we had a question, what positions is South Carolina still looking at with the portal? Uh, I mean, obviously they still want to officially add a quarterback of some type. Uh, you know, I still think you're more looking for somebody who can come in and compete for a job. I don't think – I still think the K.J. Jefferson stuff was completely overblown. 
but they do want a quarterback who can come in and compete. And if not, um, you know, at least kind of provide a, a potential backup role. Um, receiver, one or two guys, I would think. Maybe another offensive lineman if it's the right guy. LT Overton, as we said, still still out there, still available. I tend to maybe think that potentially swings back a little bit more in favor of the Gamecocks based on what you hear from the Alabama side, not being, hey, Alabama feels great now, or hey, Alabama's pushing really hard. And let's see, for the most part, that's kind of it, I think. You know, will more guys pop up? Of course, that's a possibility. But um, those are the guys we've heard the most about, unless I'm forgetting anybody, Chris. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, DeBron Gatling, the main high school guy that we're uh, publicly tracking right now. And then, um, you know, out of the portal, I, I agree with you. You know, portal, you need a couple receivers maybe look at an edge, offensive line. You know, you can you can kind of take your time on offensive line, West, because it doesn't seem like South Carolina is going There's 100% got to get another offensive tackle. They'd like to have one if possible, but it's not something where they're going to just reach and just take a warm body there. You know, they're going to kind of take their time. They're going to keep the spring portal window in mind and see if they can go out and, and find another guy. Uh, there. Hey, Wes, before we get out of here, let me mention this. Um, our friends at Ariat, they've put together the Ultimate Gamecock Fan Survey for us. We've put it together. They have sponsored it, and they're giving away to one lucky fan an Ariat prize pack that is absolutely awesome. And so you can do that if you want to go to this link that I'm dropping in the chat right now on all the different platforms that we're streaming to. If you do that, no purchase necessary. Just fill it out. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your Gamecock fandom. We'll enter you into a drawing to get an Ariat prize pack. And, uh, yeah, you can go do that. It's free to do it. It's free to uh, enter. No purchase necessary. And we'll enter you into the drawing for the Ariat prize pack. Hey, do we, do we know what we might get in that prize pack, Chris? Yeah, let me tell you right now. I've got it right in front of me. So oh, in this prize information here, it is. I, I was keeping it like a little bit mysterious, but let's tell the people. So you're going to get some vouchers if you win this prize pack. One of them is for a pair of Ariat boots, up to a two hundred and seventy dollar value. And I actually just got mine, Wes. My Ariat boots, man, they are awesome. There's also a voucher for one of their workwear pieces. That can be, I think, everything from their coats to um, other different you know, jeans, things like that, and also a pair of casual footwear. They've got some different shoes. Some of them are kind of like the Hey Dude style shoes. They've also got those at area. They have all sorts of really cool stuff. So that'll be coming your way, possibly, if you fill out the Ultimate South Carolina Fan Survey from us. Yeah, shout out to our friends at Ariat for sponsoring that and hooking us up with some goodies to turn around and give away. Interesting. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with the portal. Dante Moore, Oregon the favorite now. UCLA transfer quarterback. Very interesting. Uh, which they already got Dylan Gabriel too, right? Yep. Stacking up. For a year. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Very interesting stuff. All right, y'all. We're out of time. That's going to do it. Appreciate y'all listening. As always, we'll let y'all know later in the week the plan for shows. Obviously, signing day is Wednesday. So, a little bit, you know, some of this will be up in the air. I think I just saw Shane Beamer's going to talk at three that day as well. So, we may have to move some things around. Uh, also, be on the lookout, maybe an extended presence on 107.5 that day, too. So, just, of course, check out GamecockCentral.com. Uh, if you didn't see it, we got new information on DeBron Gatling that has been posted yesterday. And so plenty of other stuff that will be popping up, too. Check it out, GamecockCentral.com. Right now, by the way, if you're not a subscriber, let me get this out of the way. If you're not a subscriber, you got a couple of options. New subscribers can get two months for one buck, code SCAR1. And then for this other one, it's just more of a limited-time thing. You don't need a code, but you have to get in before Wednesday. It is 50% off an annual subscription. So a couple of options for you there if you're not a subscriber on Gamecock Central. Either way, appreciate your support here on the show. We'd love to have your support on GamecockCentral.com as well. For Chris, I'm Wes. Y'all have a good one. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.